Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Joseph's in prison. I'm going to highlight it as obviously for you as I go through. He's in prison. He's doing good. He's raised up again. The head guy in prison says to him, well, you're a pretty good guy. I'm going to move you from down here, just an average prisoner, to up here. There's a principle here. You see, some of you won't be happy until God puts you in perfect circumstances. There aren't many places that are perfect circumstances. Unless you learn to be useful and happy where God has you, you'll stay there. We all have difficulties which we handle with varying degrees of success. The idea that God would keep us in an unpleasant situation because we haven't learned to depend on Him is one that we're reluctant to contemplate. This goes against the popular teaching that God wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise now. (laughs) Pastor Mark is reminding us that God looks at the entirety of our lives and has in mind who He wants us to be when we get to the end of our lives. It's important for us to remember God's love for us and His desire that we become useful ambassadors for His kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapters 40 and 41 with part three of his message, It's Time to Forget. You can't ask for your wife to say, honey, I'm going to sleep a few hours. If a thought comes, you grab it for me, would you please? <laughs> what is that? By the way, you'll be in for marriage counseling. You'll have more things to worry about. <laughs> no, you must grab it. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I know the truth? Hello? It's what we're teaching. Everything in the Bible is truth. It's all truth. Next verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters... Let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Let me make a stopping point. Fix my thoughts. I was at the pastor's conference at Merritt Island this week, about 1,000 people from around the United States in the Southeast Pastor Conference, and I taught two mornings. Here's, Here's something that I taught, and I want you to listen to it very closely. It's very profound. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Did you get it? If nothing changes, nothing changes. One of the pastors emailed me on Friday. He was home and he says, I just love your teaching. I won't get into all that stuff. But anyway, he won my PowerPoint notes. And he says, that that phrase just captured me. Here I'm in a Bible conference. If I don't change when I leave, nothing's changing. But he said, here's what I discovered. I began thinking about it. I meditated on it. And listen to this. You'll like this even better than the last one. Listen. If something changes, something changes. (laughs) Wow! 
I'm going to write them back and say, terrific. You see, we're kind of in that. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Well, how about if something changes, something changes. This morning, God's changing you. Now, the only way he'll change you is if you'll, let's put the verse back up. If you'll fix your thoughts on things that are good. You have to fix it. Don't think on the garbage. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting, uh uh-oh, into practice. All that you learned from me and all you heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you. How can you have peace after this? Put into practice what you heard me teaching you, because it's God's word. If something changes, something changes. Now, why? We must choose to think on the good things of God. Here's what happens in our lives. Most of us have kind of a negative, often a negative thinking pattern. So how can I change that? I have to get to the place in my life, and God's really been doing something to me in the last two months. I'm a perfectionist. Everything's got to be exactly right. Well, it ain't exactly right in my life. And so sometimes I get frustrated with myself. So God's really been doing a work in me. In your life this morning, you have to find a way when Satan brings that thought to remember it's not what you want to hear. And then you have to replace it with something. Well, how do I do that? Let me give you a suggestion. I'm going to give you, I think I've got six things, but it's not about me. When I, when I was working on my study for this week, these six things just came pouring off my head. You have to get principles from the Word of God. Listen to me very carefully. And you have to write them on five-by-seven cards or in a sheet or in the front of your computer. Instead of that screen being the fish, blah, 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 all over, put a Word of God there. <laughs> See, some of you got out of bed this morning. Here's the way it goes. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to be grumpy and hate the whole day. (laughs) That's the way you got out of bed. Well, what is the truth of the word? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, some of you are going to have to take the verse the way it really reads, write it down and put it on the bathroom mirror because grumpy needs to read it while he's shaving. Miss Grumpy needs to read it while she's shaving. (laughs) If nothing changes, tell me. Nothing changes. Well, Pastor Mark, it can't be that simple. It is. You have to replace the lies of Satan with the truth of God's word. You have to do it. So get scriptures. I'll just rip these off in a minute. How much time do I have? Huh? None. All right, here. It's all right. I'm usually late anyway. You know that. It's all right. Here's the things that came right into my mind. And they're, they're, they're kind of paraphrased. When Satan comes with a lie, what are the kind of things I can repeat? No weapon formed against me will prosper. 
God has a good plan for my life. God has promised never to leave me no matter what. I am more than a conqueror because God loves me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. See, this isn't a mind game like, wow, this is going to be a great day. There's never going to be another hurt in my life. Everything's going to go exactly perfect. No, some of you get up in the morning and go, I know I'm going to have a flat tire in the garage. I know I'm going to have a flat tire in the garage. It's going to be there. Some of you at AAA parking out front every morning just in case you have that flat tire. So if I put this into practice, will I ever have a flat there? For sure. Probably in the worst place in the whole world. But God's plan for me is still good. And he hasn't left me. And I'll make it through that one. No weapon formed against me can prosper. You say it can't be that easy. It is that easy. It's our minds. God will never give me more than we can handle together. You will keep me in perfect peace as I focus on you. Man, that's it. Now let me give you this morning six keys how to forget. Get your pencils ready. Write them down. Some of you never write. You never take a note. Let me challenge you this morning. If you don't take a note, by about Tuesday, 90% of this is gone. Then you wonder, well, how did that happen? It's because our minds are active with other things. So learn to take notes. That's why you need to get a DVD and a tape and listen to it again and again and again. If you take notes, it lasts much longer. Here we go. Number one, don't dwell in the past. Don't dwell in the past. God has forgiven and forgotten. Don't dwell on it. Number two, ask for God's power to stop thinking of the past. You have to do that. Number three, choose. Choose to think on the truths of God's word. To do that, you have to know the word. You have to know the word. Number four, God is in the present. Join him by faith and obedience. God doesn't care about your past. It's forgiven. It's forgotten. He's the God of the now. Number five. God is doing a new thing in your life today. Focus on the now. 10, 15 minutes, you're out of here. Focus on the new thing God's doing in your life this morning. And number six, we break the power of the past by living in God's power today. I can't do it alone, but I break it by living in God's power right now, today. We'll leave that up for a second. Those of you who have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 40. I'm going to cover Genesis 40 and 41, about 100 and some scriptures, in about four minutes. It's going to happen. Now, Joseph's in prison. I'm going to highlight it as obviously for you as I go through. He's in prison. He's doing good. He's raised up again. The head guy in prison says to him, well, you're a pretty good guy. I'm going to move you from down here, just an average prisoner, to up here. There's a principle here. You see, some of you won't be happy until God puts you in perfect circumstances. There aren't many places that are perfect circumstances. Unless you learn to be useful and happy where God has you, you'll stay there. Joseph's in prison. Totally wrong. Shouldn't be in prison. Did the right thing, got thrown in prison. But he's forgiven Potiphar's wife, and he's left the hurt go. Well, by God's providence, all of a sudden, Pharaoh gets mad at two people, his baker and his cupbearer. They're thrown into prison. There with Joseph. I'm going to paraphrase all these chapters for you. They go to sleep one night and have a dream. 
and they have a dream, and they can't figure out what the dreams are on. Now, remember, Joseph had a dream. And his dream about people bowing down to him, he's in prison. I'm going to talk about shattered dreams. But anyway, they come to him, and they, they say, we, we had these dreams, but we, we, we don't know how to handle them. Can, can anybody even tell us what the dreams are? And if you look, uh, verse 8. We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one that can interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dream. You see, if Joseph would have been in prison and he would have been bitter and resentful and angry and mad, he would have been useless to God. But he says to those two guys, I've got over the herd of Potiphar's wife. I got over the herd of my brothers in the past. I don't live in the past. I live now. You got two dreams? No, I guess God's going to use me here. See, God can't use you if you feel with bitterness and resentment. And notice, humbly, he says, I can't give you the answer, but my God can. Now, remember where he's at. He's not at the prison of First Baptist or Calvary Chapel. He's in a pagan nation, doesn't even believe in God. So he gives them the story. Here's what he says to them. Uh, Baker, in three days, you're going to go back to the kingdom, to Pharaoh. You're going to be killed. A cupbearer, guy that tastes the wine before the king, you're going to go back. And he's going to rehire you again. And it's never going to be all right. And then, then we see that at the end of the story. Notice verse 14. And Joseph says this. When you go back, he says to this cupbearer, remember me. He's trying to kind of work his thing. He says, when you go back, tell Pharaoh, I'm here and I shouldn't be here. Please remember me. Well, everything did exactly as Joseph said. Skip on down to verse 23. The cupbearer goes. The, the, the baker is killed. The cupbearer is alive. But look at verse, he's in Pharaoh's household. Look at the verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Here's the next hurt. Now, how long will this man forget about Joseph and tell the Pharaoh that he's really done good? And he probably should have another hearing. How long will Joseph be forgotten? The next chapter, verse 1, gives you the answer. How long? Two years. Watch me. I'm Joseph. I'm in jail. I shouldn't be in jail. I just did a really good thing in interpreting two dreams, gave all the glory to God. And for the next 700 plus days, every single morning, it's this miserable prison again. Nothing happening in my life. Where are you, God? What happened to the cupbearer that was going to remember? He didn't even thought about me. No, Joseph doesn't get like that. Joseph doesn't imprison himself. And I don't have time to develop it this morning. Joseph's in weight training. Hmm. Not the whole sermon, but it's too late. He could have said, God, where are you here? Two years. Well, what happens? After these two years, Pharaoh gets a dream. (laughs) God's amazing, isn't he? And he has this dream. And he remembers it. And he can't find any wise men in Egypt that can say, here's what it means. And all of a sudden, (laughs) the cupbearer goes, bing. He said, you know, there was a guy in prison. Oh. And he says to Pharaoh, here's a guy that told me everything I could, I could ever know. So they sent for Joseph. He has to shave, clean up, and he comes before Pharaoh. I'm summarizing for you. He comes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, here's my dream. 
And Joseph says like this, I can't interpret it for you, but my God can. Now, this is to the highest person in a pagan country. And he says, I can't do it, but my God can. You see, if Joseph would have been angry and bitter, not used, but he learned to forgive and forget, leave the past behind and get on with life. What does Joseph do? He interprets the dream. The dream was this, that there was coming seven years of incredible abundance and then seven years of a worldwide famine. And so Joseph says to Pharaoh, plan from God. You need to take 20% of everything that's grown in the next seven years and put it in storage. Because after that, it's disaster for the next seven years. And the whole world, including Egypt, will be able to eat out of this storage. Pharaoh goes, wow. And then, well, let's look down. See if I can find out where we're at. Look down here in the next chapter. Pharaoh says in verse 33, because Joseph says you need to get somebody wise to put this plan into action. Chapter 41, verse 33. Look what he says. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning a wise man and put him in the charge of the land of Egypt. Because God, Joseph is living in forgiveness, God gives this plan that eventually is going to save the whole world. Look down in verse 38. Actually, verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? Here's what you want to circle in your Bible. One in whom is the spirit of God. Here's the key. Joseph, because of being forgiven, And allowing the hurts to go and forgetting them. Joseph is filled with God and filled with the Spirit of God. He's not filled with unforgiveness, bitterness, and unresolved hurts. Verse 44. What a difference a day makes. Joseph that morning starts in prison. Where is he by the afternoon? Look at verse 44. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, by the way, you're the man. I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. You know what verse came to me immediately? Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we could even ask or think. You see that mind this morning in prison was like this. Here we are, 723 days. I'm counting them, God. Where are you? No, he'd forgiven. He was serving God in the prison. That afternoon, second in command of the world. That's impossible. Yeah, that's God. Why? Because his thinking process was right. He left the past behind. The past was the past. What do you expect tomorrow? It's all here. It's in our mind. How did it happen? Well, we know how, because in that chapter 41, Joseph names his son Manasseh, because God made me to forget. It's time to forget today. Two things I want to pray with you, and we're through. Number one, we have an elder standing right here. Watch me closely. Those of you that have never bound your knee to God, and ask him to come into your heart. You're living in guilt. You have no peace. You know that when you die, you won't go to heaven. Impossible. Because God has never had a chance to forgive you. He's waiting. 
That's why he's brought you here. It's to say to you, if you'll come to me, I'll forgive all your sins and forget them. I'll give you a brand new beginning. Come and be a follower of Jesus Christ. We always offer that. Because in every service this weekend, we've had people take that offer. Now, you might be out there, and I know exactly what Satan's saying to some of you. I did on this side for those of you that are left-handed, in case you didn't know, okay? (laughs) Here's what Satan's saying. I've sinned too much. It won't work for me. I don't think I can do it. No, you can't do it. You can't live the Christian life without God. But he'll provide everything you need, everything we need to live the life that God wants is provided once we ask him to come and live in our heart. I have God living in me this morning. I hope you can tell it. His spirit's there. The the Holy Spirit is the one that taught you this morning, not me. I couldn't stand here and change your life if you paid me a million bucks. But God can change it for free like that because of the power of his word. So this morning, and you don't do this in a group, if you're here and you know don't, doesn't matter how many churches you're a member of. Doesn't matter if you're a member of this church or any other church for 22 years. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not born again, if you're not walking and following him, you're lost. And you have to come to him. Today's the day. You just get out of your seat at the end of the service and walk right over to this young man. We'll have somebody pray with you, give you a brand new Bible. In just a matter of five minutes, God will change your whole heart. He's going to do a new thing in you this morning. Believe it, and it will happen. Second. Many of you are Christians. You're already forgiven, but you're not free. Go home. Come up with your list of verses. You can listen to my verses and then find them. Whatever you want. Write them down. Put them in your car. Put one in your car. Put them in your purse. Put in that refrigerator. You go there often. (laughs) There's no calorie that doesn't love me. Something like that. That's not biblical. (laughs) Put truth there. Put truth there. If you leave this building, and if nothing changes, it's like you're right. But if you leave this building, and something changes, something changes. Whose responsibility? Yours. God's already provided it. You do it. You want to be a Christian? You have to take the step. Maybe you brought a friend this morning. Just say to them, would you like to find God? Guys, one of these days will be my last. I won't ever teach again, preach again, because I'll be gone. My heart's for you this morning. Please don't leave this place if you don't know God. This isn't something I do just as a little tag at the end. My heart's for you. The pastors and elders of this church love you. God loves you so much. Don't reject him. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. You have to change. He's here to help you. Get your DVD. Get your tape. Listen to the truth. Invite somebody. The line will be long. Doesn't matter. Enjoy God. And when you get up tomorrow morning, kick old grumpy out of bed. That's you. Not your wife. And say, God, it's going to be a great day because you're my God. And you're able to do exceeding, abundant, above all I can even ask or think. Today, Pastor Mark continued to remind us of the importance of strengthening our minds against the attacks of Satan. 
we learn that much of our success or failure is dependent upon the choices we make. As we decide to live in the present, forgiving and forgetting the hurts of the past, we find ourselves more able to carry out the plans God has for our lives. This Prison Break series from Pastor Mark Balmer is teaching us biblical ways to deal with the hurts we experience in this life. If you'd like to hear more teachings from this series, we invite you to access them online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. All of Pastor Mark's messages are available online for free, or you can order a CD copy for only $5 to cover materials and shipping. You can also purchase a copy of Pastor Mark's book, Prison Break, in our online store. Find out more at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes the teaching, It's Time to Forget. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message, Real Freedom. He will be instructing us on how to continue to learn to forgive by reminding us that we were first forgiven by God prior to our receiving Christ. We will find out about the damage unforgiveness can do to our bodies as well as our psyches. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.